Girls Gone What. This is Joy. And this is Claire. Claire's back! <laughs> and Juna in the background, and if Juna. you can hear her. This is episode 305. This episode is sponsored by Ned. HelloNed.com. The discount code is GGW. You can support the podcast by supporting Ned. And try out their great CBD products. You can try the tinctures. You can try the chapstick that we're always raving about. It's a really nice way to support the podcast. You get a discount off your first order. So please go to HelloNed.com. The discount code GGW. I'm so excited to catch up with you. <laughs> It's Hi. been forever. I know. Well, I feel like forever it's to been... like interact, but just like recording wise, it feels like it's been forever. I know, which is actually, didn't we record like, two, I guess the last episode we recorded was like a couple days before I went into labor. I think so. Yeah, I think it was Friday. Didn't we? Rec- yeah, I think we recorded a couple days before you went into labor. And then also I was looking back, I hadn't opened my computer in like a week and I, after she was born. And I opened it and realized that I had scheduled our newsletter to go out. Yeah. Like, and then like minutes later went into labor. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny because you were doing that on like, I think what, Saturday or Sunday? It was that night at like 630. And I had her that night at 11. Yeah. Okay. So just start (laughs) from the beginning. Okay. Here's the story. So... (laughs) Sorry, we've been watching a lot of Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger. And the the best comedian. She's a great comedian. On Netflix, she has a few. She won like Last Comic Standing, one of the first female comics to win win Last Comic Standing. She's so funny. She like makes you want to be a stand up comic. Totally. And makes it look Um, easy, which makes you want to be a stand up comic. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, I could be like that. Oh, bless you. It was baby sneeze. Anyway, she, in the elder millennial, her elder millennial, like, whatever special she talks about how she's like if you ask a girl how did you meet she wants to tell you the whole story she's like okay so in fourth grade i showed an aptitude for the clarinet <laughs> like that's how i feel right now when you're asking the story like okay so totally <laughs> um here's the story it uh, all began on one night yes <laughs> while we were in one iceland no, i'm kidding <laughs> no oh my gosh i was due on friday the 8th and i had been just really, I mean, obviously really worried given like how much of a shit show my labor was with Miles and how long it took. And so I was like pretty much ready. First of all, I didn't go into labor with Miles until 41 weeks. And I was like pretty much ready for that to happen again. I had had my 40-week midwife appointment, you know, the day before or something. And I was like, so what happens if I go to 42 weeks? <laughs> because I was doing, since I was doing a home birth, which I can talk a little bit more about that too, because a lot of people have like had questions about yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of people. And it's really cool that so many people are responding to all the decisions you've made because it's, it's important. So totally, I'm, I'm excited to, to have you share that with people. Yeah. So because I was having a home birth, they, so, okay, so let me back up a little bit. So with a home birth... Um, at least in the state of Colorado, every state is a little bit different. In the state of Colorado, um, home birth midwives are certified practical midwives. That's their CPM. As opposed to in a hospital, you'd have a certified nurse midwife, most likely. The difference is that a certified nurse midwife is a nurse, an, an RN, who has like a, bless you, more baby sneezes. Oh my goodness. Who has a basically a master's in nursing midwifery. Certified nurse midwives are trained in the whole gamut of like of women's health. So you, in theory, could see a certified nurse midwife inside of a gynecologist if you if it, there was a practice in your area that offered that type of thing. Certified nurse midwives are trained in the whole gamut of women's health, and a lot of times even in like family health. Whereas certified practical midwives are 
their training is completely just focused around prenatal birth and postpartum and, and newborn care. And so in Colorado, you know, if you want to be a home birth midwife, I'm sure if you're, a, I'm actually, I'm not sure if you're a certified nurse midwife, if you could also attend home births, but that's like the minimum for doing home births. So the practice that we were using or that we used is this group of four midwives and they actually are based in Longmont, which is where, I mean, they're like five minutes away from where I live, but they serve kind of the whole area. So on any given day, there's like one midwife who's on call, one midwife who's in the clinic, one midwife who has a day off, and one midwife who's like the second on call. The thing is that they are, thanks, Brandon. Brandon just brought me a chocolate bar. Um, <laughs> love you. They are do not have any jurisdiction to practice in a hospital. They their, their scope of care is only from 37 to 42 weeks in terms of like being able to attend your birth from 37 to 42 weeks and only under like the lowest risk circumstances. So that is kind of where the can, you know, everybody's concern and everything kind of comes together is like in order to have a home birth attended by a board certified, you know, CPM in Colorado, you have to be at the lowest level of risk. Your blood pressure is low. You don't have gestational diabetes. You you can so have you're essentially giving them all this information along the way and communicating exactly. with you them. Get, yeah. You get tested for all this stuff sure. throughout your pregnancy. And if at any point something comes up, they then refer you either to a certified nurse midwife who's going to bring you, you know, who's going to treat you in a hospital or to an OB, you know, depending on what the situation is. Because I think a lot of like the misconception around all of this is just like, I think some people yeah. might think it's just like willy nilly crunchy. I'm just deciding to do this. And you're like, no, there's no. actually a lot that goes into this decision and a lot of tracking and monitoring yeah. along the way. Well, and I think that's the thing is it's like, I, I didn't like give birth in a drum circle. You know, I think like, yeah, I think like that's that, what people think of. Though. It's totally they do. think. <laughs> It's totally people think. Or they think of like Ina Mae Gaskin, who like literally would birth on a like a school bus in like the backwoods of Tennessee. That's not the case. So I had been seeing these midwives for my entire prenatal, all my prenatal care, you know, honestly, like had received far better care from them than from any from my like previous who I went to with Miles, which I still saw midwives with Miles. I saw CNMs and like a hospital-based practice and they were great, but like it was very much still like a clinical setting. With the home birth midwives, every single one of my visits was a full hour. Like I don't even I, I don't even think I saw my other midwife with Miles for an hour until I was pushing. I think that that's the norm. Like you don't see your doctor for a whole hour. When on earth was the last time you sat down with your actual doctor for an hour? Oh, no. Maybe Doesn't never. Happen. Yeah. Maybe never. And my first appointment, even hour, was two hours because they were like, sit down, like, tell us everything. I was like, how am I going to, like, it, but it was amazing. And like, now I don't know how I'm going to go back to having a normal, yeah, like, gynecologist. That's amazing. Yeah. So, all of this, you know, they're doing all the same tests that you would have done in a clinic. You know, they send out to the labs. I got tested for all, you know, every single thing. The only thing that I opted out of was the gestational diabetes test. And that was more just around like my own history and like, you know, was and and it was still was an ongoing conversation every time I went in where they were testing my urine for glucose and like, you know, looking at all the other signs. So anyway, the point of this is that it's not like, you know, I just like gave birth in the woods. I had been under the care under the, their care for this my entire pregnancy, and they knew everything there was to know about me inside and out more so than any other provider I've ever had. Had at any point there been anything that would have taken me out of like the ultra low risk group, either me or the baby, I would have been referred 
I would have risked out basically of their scope right, of care their criteria. Right. Yeah. So part of that is that they are only they are not allowed to like attend your birth, quote unquote, as the primary caregiver or care provider outside of the 37 to 42 week window that, you know, that's sort of like considered the full term window. Once I hit 37 weeks, it was like, OK, cool. Like we're here. You know, I have five weeks. And but then when I got to 40 weeks, I was like, what happens if I go to 42? And they're like, well, basically, we would just go to the hospital with you. Like we'd walk in. And at that point, we kind of like become a doula. You know, we're there. We're there to support you. But like we're no longer in our jurisdiction. And they would admit you and they would induce you. And, you know, they're like, there's stuff that we can do before that, you know, give you herbs and stuff to try to help you along, which we would do starting like two days before that point. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to 42 weeks. Like, I'm just like so convinced that this is what's going to happen. You really thought that? I just didn't. I was like, I was ready for it. Sure. I was ready to go to 42 weeks because at 40 weeks, I still did not feel like, I felt like I had had all these sort of false alarms where I was like, huh, like would wake up feeling like, huh, today I feel kind of weird. Like, I wonder what that could be. And then I'd be like, nope. Another day gone went by. Yeah, there goes the day. Or like a couple of times I kind of started having like little cramps. And I was like, oh, is this labor? And then I was like, nope, not labor. And I just like, I felt, you know, that happened. I feel like I was having these like false alarms so much that I was like, you know what? I bet that just because I think I keep thinking of going to labor, I'm actually not going to go to labor till 42 weeks. I was doing Friday. On Sunday, I kind of at, like we went on a walk. I had kind of had like some early labor signs. I'll like spare you the gory details, but had had like some early labor signs earlier in the day, but was kind of, but still was kind of like, this doesn't really mean anything. Between like five and six, I kind of started having contractions. By 7.30, I texted my doula and I was like, you know, this is what's going like, on. Yeah, here's what's going on. I was like, I'm having these contractions. They're like eight or 10 minutes apart. She's like, okay, we'll keep you posted. I was like, great. Well, I just got Miles out of the bath. And I kind of hadn't really been paying that much attention because I've like been getting him ready for bed. And now that I'm paying attention, they're actually more like four or five minutes apart. Okay. And she was like, huh, okay, call your mom and have her come get Miles. <laughs> and I was like, no, it'll be fine. Like, I'm, I'm just going to go to bed. You know, I'll go to bed early and like uh, in the morning, I'll wake up and like we can reassess. And she was like, no, call your mom. And I was like, convinced Look at still you that just I was going to labor. Like, there's no way. I was like, there's no way. And even if I am going to labor, I was in labor for so long, like 36 yeah. hours of miles. Right. And I was that like, you were just this kind is, of like thinking of like, that. Yeah. Even if these are contractions, like, this so is not happening time. tonight. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. so much. We have days. Days and days. <laughs> and and like Miles is already in his pajamas. Like Brandon's reading him stories. There's yeah. no reason like, for me to This is just disrupting our whole night. Exactly. I'm just going to like drink I don't want to be bothered by this. Exactly. I'm not ready to be bothered by this. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I need I need to go to bed. She was like, just call your mom. So I called my mom and I was like, so here's what's happening. And my mom, of course, was like, I could tell she was excited, but she also was like trying to play She's it already cool. like in the car. She's like, yeah. oh, I'm at the door right now. <laughs> exactly. She's like, I'm on my way. And, I, and, you know, and so we kind of were like, well, even if I'm not, I don't go into labor tonight. Like, and she was like, you know what? I'll just come and get him. And then at least, you know, you know, he likes it at my house. Like, it's no harm, no foul. If I bring him back in the morning and we have to do this again in a couple of days, like, it's not that big of a deal. Totally. Nice little and dry like, run, you know. Just- right. Exactly. No big deal. <laughs> She comes and gets him and pretty much like the moment that she came and picked him up, I was like, okay, this kind of feels like maybe it might be the real real deal. But honestly, the whole entire process up until my water broke, which I'll get to, I was like, this is, this is going to ramp back down. You're like, like in denial the whole time until I was she just totally pops out. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. She's like crowning and I'm like, oh, maybe this is, 
flavor. <laughs> so, so yeah. So my doula showed, showed up at like eight, right around the time my mom picked Miles up. Between like eight and nine, things really ramped up. The midwives came over at nine. You you texted Jess and I around like seven thirty. I remember, and you're like, "I'm yeah. doing some contractions. We'll see how this where this goes." Yeah, we're like, "Oh my god!" And then I yeah, know exactly. And I just was trying to like because I truly was like, "This is gonna ramp back down." I was having contractions like every like two or three minutes. But that's the thing is like with Miles, I was having contractions every three minutes for like eighteen hours, and nothing happened. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I've been here before. They were pretty intense. And I just remember thinking, like, why did I – this was such a stupid idea. Like, where are the drugs? <laughs> it's like, I'd, I didn't think that for very long. I was wondering about that. Like, how bad yeah. were you? Like, what the fudge? <laughs> well, here's the thing is, like, I'll get – I'll kind of – I'll get to this. But it picked up so quickly at the end. Even if I had been in the hospital, it wouldn't have mattered. I wouldn't have had time to get an epidural. Exactly. But at the beginning, as, like, my contractions were, were starting to get more intense, I was like, this is a stupid idea. You're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> wait. You're like, wait, stop. Pause. Yeah, exactly. Can we just <laughs> – let's just call this. Let's just call it now. So I was having contractions, was just like chilling in the kitchen. Brandon was like getting the cheese plate ready. We had like this whole vision of oh, like food. Great. We made cheese soup. Yeah. Brandon got it, made it, put it, made it, put out a cheese platter. So he was like great. slicing cheese while I'm like having contractions. Sh- yeah. And I'm sure you were like not at all focused on the cheese. <laughs> not at all. Zero no. percent. Everyone's like, do you want some cheese? I was like, no, I do not. Don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. And everyone was great. I mean, there were two midwives and my doula there at that point. And then we had a photographer who, the idea of like a birth photographer kind of weirded me out initially. Yeah, I was wondering about that because it's like a so personal that. I yeah, yeah, right. Here's the thing. So the, the birth photographer that we used, her name is Monet. I think her last name is like Moutry or Moutry. I'm not, I don't even That's know That's a great name. It. I know. I think and, if I was to have... A birth photographer, I just would want to hire someone that was named Monet. Right, exactly. I, well, I'd be like, you're okay. Like, you can you're come good. in. You can come. When she is like, unbeknownst to me, this like world-renowned birth photographer, it was actually her assistant who ended up coming because Monet had re- recently had her own baby. But both of them are doulas. Like they've been doing this forever. And so for them, I know she's like over here on the corner of our little video chat, just like kicking away. They are both like have been to so many births. And they both have kids of their own. And then it was like, eh, whatever. And also, honestly, like I didn't even really notice that she was there. Yeah. So the birth photographer was there. But so the reason, though, that I decided, okay, we're going to have a birth photographer is because when Miles was born, I don't remember almost anything from right. labor and delivery. Yeah. And I think just like for my own personal, the experience that I went through with him, if I had had photos from that experience that I could look back on and help me piece together what connect. had happened. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think it would have been really helpful. And I think it also like when I look back my experience with Miles and my labor with him, it's so hard for me to see it through the lens of like the work that I did or the, you know, other than just like, I didn't dilate. My body didn't do what it was supposed to do. Right. You know, I feel like I missed out on these moments and this experience that I wanted. And I think if I had had photos, I would have been able to maybe piece together a different narrative. Right. Totally. Or at the very least, have some, some kind of anchor to help me process what had happened. Totally, totally, totally. Whereas now, you know, looking back, I have kind of the experiences of the other people who have been there. But it very much is like this crazy blur for all of us. So she showed up probably at like... 10 they were like all right well why don't you go 
get in the shower, you know, either like the, your doula or one of us or Brandon can go in with you and just like kind of try to relax, like just get some hot water on you, try to relax. Right. So I was in the shower for like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. I got out of the shower and I was just so tired. I had been standing, just walking around the house now for probably like, you know, four hours or three hours maybe. And I was really, really tired. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to go lay down on my bed. Like, let's just kind of, I just need a break. Yeah. So I laid down and my doula was like, all right, if you're going to be laying down, I want you to at least put this like peanut ball in between your legs. Yeah. That's the same thing that you were sitting on for that podcast. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's basically like an exercise ball that looks like a peanut. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's shaped like a peanut. Yeah, but it's big. It's like, I don't know. Like an exercise ball size. Yeah. Yeah. Like you wrap your arms around it. Sure. The idea is that if you're laying on your side, it holds your legs apart almost in like a squat width. So I'm kind of like straddling this peanut ball and I'm laying there. Later on when I was talking to my midwife about this, she was like, you know, knowing your history, when I laid down, my contractions slowed way down. And she's like, knowing your history, it was like, great. She's either about to go into transition, which is like basically once you hit transition, like all hell breaks loose and you, it's, it's, you just go. Transition is like usually between like eight to 10 centimeters and it's really intense and crazy. And like, that's usually where people start to just feel like, what the hell's going on? She's like, you were either about to go in a transition or you're about to like get to, you know, like your body is about to go to sleep. She's like, your body picked transition. So I'm laying there with the peanut. It's like the calm before the storm. It was the calm before. Exactly. It's the calm before the storm. And the body, your body does it on purpose, which is cool. So I'm laying there with a peanut and I had a contract, like a really intense contraction and my water broke and it legitimately sounded like a water balloon popping. And even like That's the amazing. photographer, she I was, was like, say. yeah, she was, Brandon was like, does it normally sound like that? And she was like, no, it does not. <laughs> so they were all laughing. So from the time my water broke until she was born, it was 15 minutes. Just like go. 15 minutes just. of just, I know, wow. it was intense. She just, just wanted screaming. to let us know that she's like, yes, I was yeah. just ready to enter this world. She was totally ready. So my water broke. They They rolled me over onto my other side just to like kind of. I don't know. I no. None of us thought it was going to happen that fast. And so she was like, "Well, roll over your other side." What is going through your mind? Are you just like in another place? Are you hovering above your body? Are you just like out in the? I am. Yeah. I am not quite hovering above my body because I'm definitely feeling what's happening, but I am not like present in the moment by any means. So I rolled over my other side anyway, and basically for the next 15 minutes, just had one super long contraction for 15 minutes. It was so intense. <laughs> so it, it, I, I can't even really describe what it felt like other than just I was screaming. I know. It was like heavy metal screaming. Like not like, you know, screaming bloody murder, but just like I never thought that I would be like this quiet, demure birth giver. But I didn't think I was going to literally scream. Yeah. Didn't you say Brennan was like, I didn't think that was in you. Yeah. The next day, my throat was so raw. And I was like, Aww. why is my throat hurt? And Brandon was like, from the screaming. <laughs> And he was like, I knew that you had a loud voice, but that was really something That was else. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. I was like. I remember when you had Miles, you were like, your hands were sore from like, oh my everything gosh. was just clenched. I've never heard and, of someone's hands being sore. You were like, no. my hands were sore from like, everything yeah, was cause so I was like clenching Because I pushed for like, for yeah. over an hour with Miles. So yeah. on the flip side with her, I don't consciously remember pushing until after her head was born it just like they say like oh your body takes over and I was like that's bs like but it totally did and I wow that's amazing it was crazy I don't know I I don't know how to describe it and I don't mean that in this like oh my gosh it was so amazing I can't even (laughs) describe it because it wasn't like it hurt yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I, I wasn't like 
but I can't describe it just in the sense that like there's nothing else that I have in my favorite reference to compare it to. And so I was laying there and I was laying on my side in my bed and Brandon kept saying like, you need to like open your legs. <laughs> I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Like she's not there yet. And then it's like the minute I felt her head, I just like picked my leg up and her head was born. Oh my God. It Brandon was crazy. Was like open your legs. You're like, no, she's fine. Yeah. I was like, no, she's not done there yet. But like literally I didn't, I didn't consciously push until because her head was born, which this is typically how it happens. Their, your, their head is born. And then you wait for the next contraction and their body's born. So her head was born. She came out with her elbow up by her head, uh-huh, apparently. I don't remember this leaves. and I couldn't see her yet. So cute. But then my body relaxed for the first time in like 15 minutes. What I imagined was going to be the most intense part was that, was like the, you know, having a baby sticking out of my body. Honestly, by that point, that part was so not anticlimactic, that's not really the word, but it was such a relief. Right. Like that part wasn't like the main event in your experience. Not even close. It was like when she was born, I was like, (laughs) and my body relaxed for the first time in 15, 20 minutes. It was like I had been sprinting for 20 minutes. Like imagine full out sprinting for 20 minutes. You wouldn't be able to do it. Oh God. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. But it was like that amount of intensity, I would say, like not that type of like, like sensation, that amount of intensity. And so when her head was born, I just laid there with her head out for like four minutes before the rest of her you're body. Like, I just need a pause. Well, my body, yeah, my before, whole body yeah. just paused. Yeah. And I didn't have another contraction for like four. And I remember at oh one point in the midwife being like, okay, so whenever you're ready. And I was like, we're good. <laughs> like, I just need, and she out. apparently it was like just looking around. Oh. <laughs> and then the midwife was like, you know what? Like, I could see her. I could see like her color was fine. I could tell her shoulder. I could see her shoulder. So I knew she wasn't stuck. She's like, so, you know, we just hung out. Then the rest of her was born. That was it. She was born at 1115. God, I just remember. So you texted Jess and I at 715, yeah. like 730 Sunday night. And you're like, I'm having some contractions. We're going to see where this goes. I rolled. I happened to wake up at like 4 a.m. Rolled over to check my phone. And there was a picture of a baby. And I was like, yeah. what? I know. I mean, I, I was like blinking my eyes because I was like trying to focus. Like, I'm like, oh my God. It was just like the weirdest experience to be like, you texted your friend the night before, like you're thinking there's this whole long like yeah. trajectory in front of you. And then I was like, oh my God, it's right. There she is. It was so I know. Crazy. I felt the same way. I was like, yeah, I mean, the fact my experience was, not a comparing. <laughs> no, it's just no, so I funny. Just, it was totally like I, the fact that she was born before midnight, even I was like, you know, at the very least, I was like, we're going to be here till five in the morning. And no, she was like, I mean, I was in active labor for less than three hours. That is crazy. Probably That's like right crazy. around three just hours. Like, I mean, someone, or I think it was Brandon, texted me and he's like, that was like Claire and I were talking that really was a spontaneous rage birth. <laughs> yes, totally spontaneous rage birth. It was totally spontaneous because like, If you yeah, guys don't know if- what we're talking about, uh, that episode with Arm and Hammer, we talked about spontaneous rage yes. birth and uh, coining that as a, uh, a heavy band metal band name. name. Yeah, I you did. Really I had gave- a spontaneous rage birth. <laughs> I totally did have a spontaneous rage birth. So much heavy metal screaming happened. It was crazy. So a lot of people have... So uh, so anyway, I, I won't get too ahead of myself. So the midwives then stayed until... I think they stayed for like four hours maybe. And, you know, they stayed to just check on you and make sure... You're, so 
and make sure you're doing good. Like they left us alone for the first hour. They basically just like, you know, they stayed with us probably for a good like 30, 45 minutes to make sure like nothing imminent was happening. Got the placenta out and all that sort of thing. And then they just closed the door and left us there for an hour, which was great. Oh, that's amazing. That's it was so, so beautiful. Great. And so I mean, beautiful. like they came and checked on us. A of bunch course. Of times, but, yeah. They're like, bye. You know, <laughs> right. They were like, we're going to go get a burrito. We'll be back. How about like McDonald's? We'll be back. Right. You want anything? Cool. Yeah. You know, snacks, a condom. <laughs> <laughs> you kids keep me so young. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that was great. And then when they finally came back in to like do the newborn exam, the newborn exam was what I was really looking forward to. There was just something about it. Like, so when I had first decided, or not even decided, first started thinking about having a home birth, the thing that made me even consider it was I was reading, so you know, Michaela North. The Hungry Fitness on yeah. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've had her on the podcast around this time last year, actually. Love her. Hi, Michaela. Hi, Michaela. <laughs> she has had two home births, I want to say. She wrote a blog about her home birth last year where she was talking about how after um, her daughter was born, just describing like that immediate postpartum or immediate kind of like after birth experience where um she was got, you know, she was, she was in a tub. Oh, which by the way, like a million people were like, are you going to have a water birth? We had the tub. We just never even had time to fill it up. Oh my God. My water broke and I was like, okay, now should we fill up the tub? And everyone was like, oh yeah, we could get that started. And like literally we didn't even put any water in it because it was so fast. Wow. I did not have a water birth, which I'm not, it wasn't something that I felt very like attached to. Some people like really visualize having a water birth. To me, I like, I can see the, the, the draw of being in labor in water. The concept of actually giving birth in water to me is kind of like a little gross. But I, mean, I can you really can barely handle take the thought of taking I don't a even bath. like baths. You're not a bath person. Nope. No. no. And so then like being in there with all like the stuff. Nope. No. But I can appreciate being in labor in a tub and not wanting to get out. Sure. Yes. So anyway, all that to say I did not have a water birth. But in Michaela's blog post that she wrote, she was talking about how she was in the tub and then she got out and like went in the shower to just kind of like rinse off. They got back into bed and they did the newborn exam like right there on the table or not on the table, on the bed. And I remember reading that and just feeling so emotional because I remember with Miles, like the newborn exam was this one moment that I'm, that I specifically like can remember, but it was really traumatic where he was over on the other side of the room. People were surrounding him. I couldn't even see him. Yeah. I had like an oxygen mask on my face. I was trying to ask him like, can you move? Can I see him? And no one heard me. And it was just really like this just horrible, felt really helpless. Yeah. Felt hor- yeah, horrible. And so hearing, you know, reading this account of like, I'm laying in bed, you know, if someone brought me a snack, you know, there she is, they're doing the newborn exam. So for me, like that was the moment that I was looking forward to of like, this is the, this is the kind of like snapshot that I want to remember mm-hmm. of, you know, how this is going to be different. Yeah. And so that was really cool. And having, you know, being able to have that experience and, at, you know, it wasn't like this re- moment of redemption, but it at least was cool to be like, okay, this is how it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they stayed for three or four hours, maybe a little bit longer. And our doula slept over, which was amazing. And yeah, then the next morning, and we didn't really wake up. We didn't really go to sleep because at that point it was like three in the morning and we were both so like high on adrenaline. Oh my God. Yeah. So we kind of just like hung out and, you know, looked at her a bunch and then we got up the next morning and made cinnamon rolls and like, it was great. How great yeah. is that? 
Like, I what will a say different experience. Totally different. And I, I will say it was a little bit weird because in the hospital you have this like transition zone. Yes. I think Brandon was talking about that too. Where like yeah. you feel like something big happened because you had to go to a hospital. There's this right. big to do. And I mean, yeah. it's the same thing in your home, but you feel like the transition to the hospital back to home is like, okay, now we're entering the home with this new baby. Yes. It's more of like, yeah, it feels like more of a process. And, there, you know, like being in the hospital sort of gives you this boundary around the experience. For sure. Whereas being at home, the next morning you woke up You're and like, it was like, Whoa, someone has to go yeah. clean the kitchen. You know, like, guess I'm, I guess I'm going to get up and go empty the dishwasher. And I had had a friend who had had a home birth who had kind of warned me on that and was like, just don't let yourself get like sucked right back into the grind, especially with a toddler. And it can be so easy to just like, all right, well, like I'm, you know, right back at it. Like hit the ground running because you're at home. So you're in right. that environment that's like, oh, this is, I have to go into my routine. It's like, exactly. No, the hospital was that place where everything's kind of protected and you're like, oh, I don't have to do anything. People are bringing yeah. me things. Yeah. But other than that, being at home was so nice. Like I was, I mean, I had her in the bed and we did not get out of bed other than to go to the bathroom for like five days. Like, she did not leave our bedroom for five days. Oh, and finally, amazing. I was like, we could at least, like, take her to the kitchen. We were able to, like, keep it so warm in here. And, like, you don't have people coming in to check your blood pressure at three in the morning. And, like, you know, there's no – there, and hospitals are so dirty. Like, we're not worried about that. Yeah. And, and they, like, posted this really cute little sign on our door that was like, thank you for visiting. If you're sick, don't come in. Don't stay for more than 20 minutes. Like – you know, so that was really nice. And, and even still, like, didn't have that many visitors the first couple of days. And it just felt like, okay, this is, it was so nice to just, like, be in our own, and eat our own food. And, like, so that was really awesome. But, yeah, so it's been now two and a half weeks. It still feels like, obviously, I mean, it feels like she was born, like, yesterday. I can't mm-hmm. believe it's been two and a half weeks. What's the matter, stinker? She's making noise. I know, I hear you. I don't know. A lot of people have have said like, oh my gosh, you had the birth of your dreams. And like, and no, I mean, I did. Like, that was exactly what I wanted. I don't think I'm like that much of a sentimental person to like have this reaction of like, oh my gosh, that was everything I wanted. And I think, how do I put this? I don't feel like this wash of like redemption. You know, I'm not like this made up for everything with Miles or I feel so, right. you know, and but it does make me feel like, okay, I, can't, I, I now have evidence, first of all, to like reframe one of the biggest things around my birth with Miles, which was like this feeling of my body was supposed to know what to do and it didn't. And now it's like, I couldn't have done that differently if I had wanted to. Like my body completely took over, which was crazy. I mean, I have, I have obviously never experienced that before. You know, might never have experienced that again. Just that feeling of like being on a completely different plane and just having your body do something where it's like completely like so intense, but completely second, not even second nature, like literally the most primal thing you can experience was cool. I mean, cool seems like a, you know. Yeah. And I think too, because you went through so much with Miles's birth and postpartum that I think yeah. that it was really amazing for you to just be like, I really, really, really want to have an experience that I have more input on, or at least that not that you can control per se, but that you can look for alternatives in a way that, that kind of makes it something that you feel better about. And I think you, there could have been a million things that have like, that could have taken it in a, dir- a different direction, of course, but like, yeah. 
I think after that first experience, you were like, how else can this happen to where I'm not feeling the way that I felt? I think that's the biggest thing I've taken away from this is that, you know, I, I don't feel like I had this aha moment specifically from her birth. But I think the whole experience has been like an aha moment of like, there are other options out there. There's so many resources out there. And, you know, I think on the one hand, like obviously it's a huge privilege for me to have had the resources available to me in this area that I have. But also, I mean, when all is said and done, this whole experience was was maybe not half as expensive, but was significantly less expensive than our the Miles's birth, even in a hospital with health insurance, and that's including all like the therapy I did and the chiropractor and the acupuncture, like all of that combined with the home birth, still was less expensive than like my normal care with Miles. Yeah, you know, so it's not like these sorts of services are unattainable. And even still, even outside of that, like almost every provider that I saw offered sliding scale if I had needed it, especially the midwives. Right. For these types of services, you know, I think a lot of people just automatically think, oh, I not I couldn't I couldn't afford they, they that. It wouldn't that be worth it's it. Really costly that it's like yeah. you, you think of insurance and you're like, oh, insurance is cheaper. You think out of pocket, you're like, whoa, that's really expensive. Totally. And so I think that was the biggest question too is, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people wondering where do you get, where do you find these people and how yeah. did you design this plan? So is there anything that kind of advice that you would give people or is this something that people just need to kind of come to on their I mean, own? it's, it's so different in every area that it's sort of hard to say, but honestly, like, so the midwives that I use, they're called Community Roots Midwife Collective. If you're in the Denver area or the you know, Denver Boulder area, they are... I think one of the only, if not the only, I know they're the only in like the Boulder area, home birth midwife group. They're more so what you see out there tend to be like solo home birth midwives who just sort of like, you see that one person, which is great too. That's just not the model that these particular people happen to use. And then that those midwives or that midwife will have the resources to recommend you to any other practitioner that you want to see. And that will support, you know, whatever it is that you want. And I also always, always recommend BirthFit as finding your BirthFit regional director. A huge part of their job is knowing the resources in the area and having relationships with other, you know, birth professionals in the area that they can recommend you to. So yeah, if you're somebody who is looking to, you know, even if you are just thinking about getting pregnant and you're just curious, like what is out there? that's where I would start is either by finding a midwife group or finding your yeah birth at regional director. Yeah. And so that I think has been the biggest takeaway in general, like big picture about this experience is just there's a better way, you know, or and, and not even like there's alternatives. I, there's, there's always alternatives. alternatives. Yeah. It's not yeah, necessarily and, better, but it's like it, it, if someone is seeking something different or didn't have a good right. experience or wants to expand their, if you're not know, happy with what you have, yeah, yeah. If you're not happy with what you have, you don't have to stick with it just right. because you think that there's that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And there's always alternatives and it might take a little bit of time. It might take a little bit of research, but they're out there. They are probably more affordable than you think. In a way, in a way like this whole experience was very eye-opening to me in the sense of teaching me that it's okay. How do I put this? I think that we are like very much conditioned to not want to be the squeaky wheel. We just want to, you know, be happy with what we're given and, you know, you'd get what you get and you don't throw a fit sort of mentality. 
of like, just be happy with what you have. You don't have to just be happy with what you have if you're not happy. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this whole, the whole home birth experience is even like having an hour long appointment where they really sit down and are like, no, tell us how you're doing. Like, tell us what this experience is like for you. Tell us what you need. And actually learning, like there are people out there who do really care and who do really want to help you. And you're not just like another patient in the waiting room. That was uncomfortable at first, like weirdly uncomfortable. To- I was going to say for someone like you, who's not like yeah. a feelings person, if they're just sitting with you for like an hour or two hours, were you like, uh, are we done? <laughs> totally. Like, I don't know how, you know, and so like just even like accepting that level of care has been a really different experience for me. And, but it's really taught me that like, it's okay to expect other people to take care of you sometimes. And it's okay to want that. It's okay to want to be taken care of. And I feel like we're not allowed to feel that. Yeah. And I think we always kind of assume, like you said, that what we we have insurance, that's what we get. So that's what we expect. And I also think that it's really important kind of going back to whatever people are going through with their health and wellness is like, you have to be an advocate for your own health. You have to be an advocate for your own experience. And the fact that you are like, okay, here's what quote unquote insurance will pay for. But I also want to see what else is out there for alternatives for me to have this better experience for myself. Um, And that's such an individual decision. So I think a lot of, you know, what you went through sparked a lot of curiosity, because people are like, well, what? That's different. Like, what is this? And look, everyone has their personal choices. Like Claire just decided to be an advocate for her own health in these ways and decided to design this birthing experience for herself. And it's like, yeah, you know, there's no right or wrong way, but it's just like, no, there's no right or wrong amazing experience you had. You really feel like that was a really good fit for you. And you advocated for your health and found alternatives. Yeah. I'm not saying that like, oh, if you're unhappy with your OB, a home birth is the way to do it. Like, I mean, you know, there were a lot of positive things. Never in a million years, I think I'd be the type of person to have a home birth. That to me sounds so like crunchy and like, like I'm going to give birth in a drum circle. Like I am not that person. But for me, it was more just about finding an area, you know, finding a way to be able to have an experience, like you said, that like I was more involved in. And I think, you know, this all started when I was having miscarriages this time last year and was like just not getting any answers, I was feeling like somebody out there has got to have. I remember that where you're like, I'm not going to take this for an answer. Like yeah, you're not, I'm not giving gonna... me any avenues here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not just going to take, oh, this happens for an answer. Right, like right. it doesn't just happen. You know, like it may, it may be common, but it's not normal. So that is what really kind of started this whole journey of like, okay, I'm not happy with the information that I'm getting from, you know, the doctors who are put in front of me. And so what are my other avenues? And like, once I cracked that open, I think like the moment that I sort of like stepped off the track, this whole new world opened up of, wow, there are a lot of other options out there. And they aren't as, you know, aren't as crazy expensive or unattainable or inaccessible as I have been led to believe they are. And so why why not just see what could happen so i think the the next question a lot of people have is like how are you doing now and how are you feeling yeah. now i mean it's been what three weeks yeah two and a half weeks two and a half weeks so, so how are you doing now yeah that's a good question when you have a baby the first like two or three weeks is sort of or like one to three weeks is known as like the baby blues period and basically kind of more like one to two weeks and basically what that is is like this huge hormone dump that happens when your milk comes in and you know like your body is just trying to desperately to recalibrate 
this is like the period where you, you know, sort of like just cry for no reason and not even like cry at Hallmark commercials, just like cry for literally no reason. Like you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're crying. And that's norm- very normal. With Miles, I didn't really start to feel depression until more like between two to four weeks. So now that I'm in that time frame, I'm definitely a lot more kind of just like freaked out. Mm-hmm. I think every little thing that I feel I am analyzing to death because I'm like, is this right. how I was like feeling before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and that's exhausting. And so yeah. I'm trying really hard. In, in one way, I've convinced myself like the key to not repeating my experience as last time, like I can't prevent it if I'm going to get postpartum depression again. There's nothing I can do to prevent it. The only thing I can do is kind of catch it early. And, but I feel like I've taken that concept a little far in the sense that now I like am creating anxiety for myself by being like hyper right, alert right. to what you're I'm trying feeling. to beat it to the punch. And that's totally. just like, you just have to kind of ride the wave. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think the other thing too, is like, because I spent so much time setting my resources up for postpartum, like my therapist, and we have a postpartum doula who's coming once a week, which is basically like a fairy godmother who comes to your house and like makes you soup and cleans your kitchen. You know, my midwives are checking in on me and my friends are checking in on me. And like, I think because I spent so much time setting up support for postpartum, I assumed that that would mean my postpartum experience would be easier. Mm -hmm. And instead, what it means, it didn't, you know, there's nothing I can do to make it easier. And it's like, this is hard. Being a new mom is really hard. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be easier as opposed to thinking this still is going to be hard. I will just have more resources. What I thought was, oh, because I'm doing all this work, it won't be hard. And so I've had to just reset my expectations around that, which sucks. I hate having to reset my expectations. I want things to just work out the way I want. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if you're just like, could this not yeah. be this way? Could I just go ahead and control this? Cool. Right. And so I think that has taken some adjustment over the last few days of like, okay, I have to be okay with this kind of sucking still like even though I could put all the work that I wanted to into preparing for it and that's not going to change the experience it's just going to change what I'm able to do if I have that experience right logistically things are fine she's an okay sleeper new I mean babies are not good sleepers everyone's like is she sleeping like no do two week old sleep no they do not (laughs) if any if any of you have a two week old and you're like my baby slept through the night you are lying it's not a thing yeah. They shouldn't be sleeping through the night. They like they need to eat every three hours. Their yeah. stomachs are so small. Yeah. Miles is doing really well. A lot of people have asked about Miles. He loves her so much to the point of like crushing her skull, loves her. <laughs> but he definitely he just has so many feelings. That yeah, poor little he child. Does. He sure does. And so he definitely has had a lot of feelings about it. And he has some separation anxiety in the morning when he leaves for school and but he's been really good. He was home all the whole week of President's Day for some stupid reason. So that was hard. I think it was good in a way to have him home to kind of like have him be present for the transition. So yeah, he's he was off of school for the whole week of President's Day, which was just really bad timing. But I think it was good for him to be home to kind of like witness the transition and be a part of it. But it also is just really tiring for Brandon. Yeah. And Brandon, I think, is doing okay. He's had a, a couple weeks off. He goes back to work on the 8th of March. And I think for Brandon, he's such an introvert that like having time off and being able to take a break, not time off, but having breaks was really important to him. And when you only have one kid, like at any given time, one of the adults can be taking a break. Right. And that is over. And he has, you know, because he cannot lactate, useless man nipples. (laughs) 
uh, you know, mostly like Miles falls to him because like if Juno's crying, he can't do anything about it. Right. Totally. So I think that he just has been feeling yeah. a little tired about that. Yeah. But yeah. Also her name is completely random. Everyone's yep. like, Everyone's talk like, about her name. Yeah. Talk about her name. Where'd it come from? Um, Juna is just a name that we found on the internet like three days after she was born because we could not agree on a name and we just liked it. Joan, which is her middle name, is was one of my grandmothers. I love so. it. I love the name Joan too. Yeah, Juna so Joan. It's perfect. Juna Joan. It's perfect. Little Juna Joan and her little, little Juna Joan. unicorn onesie. So there you go. That's amazing. Well, congratulations, Mama. <laughs> That's just amazing. Bodies are so crazy. Bodies are crazy, Bodies and it's are crazy. So like crazy. <laughs> it's two and a half weeks later, and like my uterus is already like back. To normal size, more or less. Miraculous. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. I'll never get over it. No matter how many times I see someone give birth, I'm like, never get over it. I loved it when when we were talking about it in our group chat the other day, our group text the other day, and you were like, I still can just not get over how babies come into the world. I just can't. Just. (laughs) I know. It's crazy. Can't get over it. Yep. (laughs) It's bananas. I don't know why we keep doing it, yeah. but the little baby noises really are like sa- really what save humanity. So cute. Oh, it's the best. If baby noises didn't exist, I think a lot of more babies would like, you know, end up on the curb <laughs> <laughs> or like in like a basket in the, you know, in the river. On the, yeah. <laughs> like Moses. Because yeah. They, uh, but they're okay. so cute. They are so cute. So I'll let you get on with your, with your evening. Um, Really quick, we did a Instagram handle change. Do you want to tell everyone oh, yeah. what we're doing? Because well, everyone's like, what is going on? Yeah, it will have been a little while by the time you guys hear yeah. this since we did this. So we're at Joy and Claire underscore because some person out Someone there has... Someone out there. At Joy and Claire. And I'm so determined to get it, but I know, because they don't, then, it's like a shell account. They don't have any No posts. one is using it, but they have Whatever. It. Whatever. And we know there are ways to, to commandeer... Right. An Instagram handle. We right. have tried them. They did not work. If you're not Kim Kardashian, I don't think yeah. Instagram's really if interested in you. If you work for Instagram, right. please let us know. Please let us know. Please get Joy and Claire because we want yeah. it. Because we want it and no one's using it. But for now, Joy and Claire underscore. The long and short of it is that we are trying to build a little bit more freedom yeah. into our into our, our quote unquote brand. Our brand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always think of Scott when I say that. I How's, How's your, your brand? brand? Um, and not only that is that we talk all the time about people who come to our podcast and are like, I don't do CrossFit. And we are so much more than CrossFit now. So I think that's kind of what we're thinking as well. We're not going to change the name of this podcast, but we're going to, I think it's just going to be able to open more doors of the things that we want to work on and projects that we want to do and um, content that we want to create moving forward. And I think the, also the longer answer is like over the years, we have recognized that the biggest thing that you guys all resonate with is the Joy and Claire dynamic. It's like the, mo- right. the you know, the Joy and Claire moments. Um, and so we want to tap into more of that and like be able to emphasize that angle more so than just like not, not a CrossFit podcast. Right. Yeah. Not a, not a CrossFit CrossFit podcast. Not a CrossFit CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so glad we got to reconnect. Yeah. Reunited and uh, moving forward. We have a lot of good episodes coming up. <sighs> we have Tulum still. We have yeah, spots still that spots you can, you can uh, put a bikini Mexico. on your body and come on over. Yeah, guys, I got some real impressive stretch marks from like 39 to 40 weeks. So come come on over. Come on Just over. Join this you bandwagon. Can, we can yeah. hang out with our stretch marks. It's going to be great. Awesome. 
All right. No no shame in that game. What are you going to do tonight? What am I going to do yeah. tonight? Well, you're looking at it. I know. But I'm what just you holding guys, a baby. Do you just get um, served dinner in bed? Somebody brought us carnitas. Awesome. We're carnitas tacos, which is great. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. What are you going to do tonight? And then, oh, oh no, I'm guys, asking you because this is important. Yeah. I've started watching Downton Abbey. Ooh. I saw I, that post and I'm like, oh, that's such a good show. Yeah. I've never seen a single episode of it before. So good. Actually, after this, I may go rewatch it just because you brought it up because I love yeah. it so much. Well, you know? I was like, what? You know, like this is if if there's any time in my life for me to watch like eight seasons of totally some long drawn and I can out. I totally see you watching that show and being like, I'm into this because you're yeah. very particular with shows. Yeah, I am very particular with shows. Yeah, Brandon was like, this is just a soap opera. I was like, yeah, it's the and, best. <laughs> like this is perfect. I just sit in bed with a newborn all day. This is like the the perfect time so for me great. to just get so into this. So that's yeah. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna awesome eat carnitas and watch Downton Abbey. Okay, great. Yes, that sounds great. It does sound great. Okay, I agree. All right, guys. Well, go check out hellonet.com, discount code GGW. Get yourself some chapstick. Get yourself some CBD tinctures. Amazing Colorado-owned company. The guys are just so great. And they're good looking. I just have to throw that in there. They're so cute. Yeah, really cute. It was like word vomit. I just had to say it. I'm like, they're when we met them at our at our party, I was like, I couldn't speak. They're they're so cute. You are so so funny when you're around attractive men. You're like in middle school all over again. Every time we get around anybody cute, you're like, hi. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, how gorgeous are they? They're gorgeous men. Anyway, that's another reason to support hellonet.com. Really hot men. Supporting gorgeous men. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I can't wrap this up. <laughs> wrap it up.